Welcome to the North Sound Church Podcast. For more information about North Sound Church, please visit our website at northsoundchurch.com. Now here's Pastor Barry. Friends, this is going to be an interesting season for all of us, a very different kind of Christmas. It's interesting, there are so many different Christmas traditions, and some of them are going to get affected this year. Barb and I have had this thing ever since we were married many years ago, where she claims that my tradition took over her Christmas tradition. So in my family, we celebrate Christmas uh, on Christmas Day. That is, we have a gift exchange on Christmas Day. And in her family, it was always on Christmas Eve. And, And I told her I never could understand how that tradition worked because Santa had to come on Christmas Eve to deliver the presents. She was never very impressed with that rationale. This Christmas is going to be different for the Crane family and the Skoog family because this Christmas Eve, we actually get to have Christmas Eve with our families. Uh, Ever since the beginning of North Sound Church, we have had services on Christmas Eve. uh, In fact, four services in recent years. And so it's, uh, it's been a challenge to actually have something of a Christmas Eve. So it'll be an interesting year this year. Today, having finished Thanksgiving, and I hope you were able to have a good Thanksgiving in spite of the fact that families weren't able to get together like we normally do. Um, We are going to begin the celebration of Advent. In fact, today is the first Sunday of Advent, and we're really encouraging every North Sound family to get candles, uh, four candles to go in a ring outside, and a Christ candle, a candle to go on the inside. Now you can do it simply and inexpensively by just getting the candles, uh, but you may wanna add a wreath to it or some greenery, but we wanna encourage you to participate with us this way during Advent. We'll, We'll light one of the Advent candles each Sunday of Advent, and then on Christmas Eve, we will light the center Christ candle. And we encourage you to join us. It kind of helps to make the space where you worship during the season of Advent a space in which we invite God's Holy Spirit to be with us. It it makes it a sacred space. So please try to join us in doing that. If you miss this Sunday, uh, we encourage you to do it for the Sundays to come. Well, when we had a lockdown in March, do you remember back then it was going to be for two weeks? And we thought that was bad enough, but little did we know that we were driving up. We would be driving up on Thanksgiving and Christmas still in a lockdown kind of status. This has been a particularly difficult season for so many people. We've had the challenges going on around us during COVID time, the suffering that's been taking place. Uh, People that have been out of work, Uh, the fear that we had initially around the disease itself and who might get it and how it was contracted. And we heard about hospitals that were full and ventilators and all of those kinds of things. And that's still a reality, although we seem to have adjusted somewhat to it. On top of COVID, it's been the political season. It's been a season of election and our country has been pretty much divided down the middle. And people have been passionate about how they feel. And so we've had this edge on with yard sign wars, with some violence around us. Uh, It's been a very difficult season, but for some of us, it's actually been much more difficult than others. 
Some of us, as I say, have really been through it this time around. On October 1st, I got an email from Mary O'Driscoll. Mary is part of the North Sound family and she shared a, a prayer request. This is what she said. She said, in May, my 45-year-old brother-in-law, David Rossler, was shockingly diagnosed with stage four cancer, which has spread to several parts of his body. She went on to say, he's the husband of my sister, Joanna, and the father of my nephews, Christoph and Tristan. Because of his relatively young age, and in an effort to save his life, they put him through some of the most grueling chemotherapy. She said he's now suffering complications from the chemo with inflammation in his lungs, and he's on a ventilator in the downtown Swedish hospital ICU. And then Mary went on to say this. She said, in June, my 90-year-old father was diagnosed with Parkinson's dementia and has experienced significant mental and physical decline. Now, Mary's father, Dick O'Driscoll, was the assistant rector, the assistant pastor to Dennis Bennett, working with Dennis at St. Luke's Episcopal in Ballard, one of the key churches in the initiation of the charismatic movement here in Washington State and indeed around the world. And then Shade and, and Dick have been friends of North Sound Church and as I say, Mary is part of our congregation. It's been a difficult season for them. And then a couple of weeks later, I got this email from Mary. She said, I just want to let you know, my dear brother-in-law, David Rossler, met Jesus face to face on Monday afternoon. He will be greatly missed and I still can't believe I won't see him again on this earth. Although I know I will see him in heaven, waves of grief and tears continue to crash down on me every time I think of him. He was a wonderful person who meant so much to the whole family. Mary went on to speak of the hope that Joanna, his wife, had in the midst of these terrible circumstances. She said, as she asked for prayer for Joanna, she said this, Joanna is trusting the Lord to take care of her and the boys. Where does Joanna get this expectation, that this hope that God is going to be faithful, that indeed he will look after her and the boys? Why do followers of Jesus Christ have this hope? Well, friends, we, we sometimes think that Advent is, is the Christmas season, and it really isn't. In the church calendar, Christmas follows Advent. Advent is a time of expectation. Advent is a season in which we join with those folks in the first century with the expectation that, that Christ will come, that the Old Testament prophets will fulfill, those prophecies will be fulfilled and Christ will come and will be the savior of the world. That expectation that God would send a savior began so very long ago, in fact, as many as 700 years before the time of Christ, Isaiah gave a prophecy that pointed to the savior of the world. In chapter nine of, and verse two of Isaiah, we read the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light those who dwell in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. Then he goes on to say in verse six, 
For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. And then we, we, we jump ahead perhaps some 700 years to the time that Jesus is born, to the time of the fulfillment of this prophecy. And an angel appeared to Mary and announced that she would bear the savior of the world. And Mary in her wonderful expectation of the fulfillment of God's promise says this in a few lines of what has been called the Magnificat. Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. And so Jesus was born and when he went to the temple for his dedication, there was a man in the temple, the scriptures tell us he was a righteous man, he was a godly man, and the Lord had made a promise to him. And the promise that the Lord made to Simeon was that he would not die, now a very old man, but that he would not die until he saw the coming Messiah. And so we have this beautiful picture in the second chapter of Luke where Simeon takes baby Jesus in his hands and he utters these words. He says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of your people, Israel. Friends, if we think we have it bad in coronavirus time, we just need to read a little history about what it was like in the first century. People had incredibly difficult lives in the territory that we now know as Israel and Palestine. Their lives were incredibly difficult, not only eking out their living, but being under Roman occupation. And in addition to the, to the taxes and the challenges of being in an occupied area, they also had the challenges that were associated with the fact that, that in those days, women had, had no rights at all. They were considered property and men could essentially do with them what they wished. There was slavery that was endemic in those days. And there was the, the Jewish leaders that placed such heavy regulations upon the people, regulations that they themselves were unable to keep but this was a very difficult, challenging environment. In fact, it was so dark, such great evil filled the world that the prophet spoke of them walking in darkness and that when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, he came to bring light into a very dark world. Their hope, their expectation, their, their longing was for the advent of the Savior. It was for the coming of Jesus Christ, that baby in Bethlehem who in his life would show us how to live and in his death, he would become the means by which our sins are forgiven. He became the savior of the world. And now friends, our hope today as followers of Jesus Christ is, is not some kind of 
wishful thinking like, well, I hope it doesn't rain today. But the hope that we have, the expectation that we have is based upon something that is rooted firmly in history. It's an expectation of the future based upon what God has done in the past. Paul makes this so clear when he quotes Isaiah 11 in Romans chapter 15. He makes that quotation and he says, the root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles. In him will the Gentiles hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that the power, in the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. J. Kim talks about the power of hope in the life of his mother. He says, my mother, Young Kim, was born in Korea in 1948. She had a very difficult life just a few years later Korea was divided north and south. We know that here as the Korean War. She was just about five years old when that happened. She came from a prosperous family, but they lost everything. She ended up when she was a teenager losing her parents and then shortly thereafter losing her two brothers. She found herself in a very difficult marriage. And at the age of 30 with a bag of clothes and a little money in her hand and in the other hand holding a little toddler who was Jay. She made her way to America as an immigrant. And Jay tells us that her life was a story of struggle and grief and loss. And despite the challenges, he says she was always the most hopeful person that I knew. He goes on to say, if you had a chance to ask her, she would tell you without the slightest doubt or hesitation that Jesus is the singular source of her hope. She would tell you that since the day she encountered the risen Christ almost 40 years ago, that circumstances have taken a back seat to something far more immutable and unchanging. But she, he says that something isn't a pristine or sophisticated utopian fantasy or fairy tale built upon happy thoughts of a problem-free life. Her hope is gritty and often has a grueling grip on something that is more substantive. It's resolute. It's unwavering. It's something, he says, that is based upon something that has happened and will happen. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus tells us about this, about something that has happened and this expectation of something that will happen, in fact, a promise that this will happen. In verse 11 of Acts chapter 1, Jesus says, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This is actually an angel speaking to the, uh, the disciples who watched Jesus go up. Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. We have this hope that we have, this advent expectation, this promise based upon the fact that something has happened 
the reality of history is that Jesus Christ came into the world. He died on the cross to become the means by which our sins are forgiven. That's history, that's fact. And so with that in mind, we look forward with hope to the future, with expectation that he will indeed come again and we will live with him forever. Just over a week ago, we had the memorial service for Ryan Voorhees. The Voorhees, Brad and Diane, are personal friends, and they joined with us in the founding of North Sound Church. They were there at the very beginning. And we have with Brad and Diane a wonderful relationship, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that our oldest son, Sean, and their oldest son, Ryan, were best friends through the years. But last January, Ryan was diagnosed with a very serious cancer. And he went through a number of treatment regimens, but passed away a couple of months ago. And because of the logistics of him living in Southern California, we ended up just with a, with a service, as I say, about a week ago. And in that service, we, we experienced the grief of loss. There were lots of tears. We, we went through what is called in the scripture a lament. There are 42 Psalms of lament. It, it's a crying out to God, wondering why is this going on? What's happening here? We, we even have a whole book in the Bible called Lamentations. And so we, we grieve. Even though we're followers of Jesus Christ, we grieve this terrible loss of a 36-year-old young man who left a wife and three little children behind. But as the scripture says, we grieve, but we don't grieve as those who have no hope. Person after person stood in Ryan's service, giving a witness to his faith, his profound faith that this is not the end, that there is a, a future and a hope. Because Jesus lives, we shall live also. Some of you know that as a Navy chaplain, I worked uh, shortly following 9-11 at the Pentagon and the World Trade Center. My boss, Admiral Daryl Bigger, was the one that called me back to, to help. And so I arrived at Andrews Air Force Base in this surreal environment of that time and have the privilege of serving alongside other chaplains, helping people in need. And there was a time when Daryl did an interview because he did an interview with uh, some media folks and, and in the interview, he referenced some personal tragedy that he had been through just before the time of 9-11. And then he shared what I think are some of the most encouraging words of hope. And I invite you to listen to them with me as well. Being here at this kind of time has, has triggered several memories for me. Uh, I happen to also be in town. My wife and I were both here just almost a year ago when the USS Cole was attacked. And so we were assigned to visit with several of those families to meet some of the airplanes that were bringing bodies back from the Gulf. Uh, we attended one of those funerals. Uh, so all of that flashes back to us now. Uh, it was also here in Washington, D.C. that um, our daughter was murdered about five years ago. So 
those memories all resurface for us. And it triggers some uh, emotional responses. The, the, it's more sadness, I think, than anger for us. We've processed a lot of that as a result of Shannon's murder. Processed the, the need to look to God as the one who's going to resolve this. Recognize we live in a horribly evil world that there is no ultimate solution except for God. And we turn there and uh, as, as family have found a miraculous um, gift of an ability to let go of the anger and resentment that's there uh, on a path toward um, living as best we can under very strange circumstances. We talk about hope and what to hope for. I heard the president on an, uh, in an interview yesterday say that he's an optimistic person. What gives us optimism at times like this? Well, I, as a person of faith, I come to promises I find from God and Scripture. Numerous promises that talk to us about the imminent return of Jesus, the fact that the, the misery and disaster and pain and loss we experience in this world is temporary, not permanent. Hope is a promise from God for something better, for something that lasts, that doesn't crumble into dust like we've seen in front of us this week, but which will stand the onslaught of the ages because Jesus has overcome already. Friends, we've all suffered during this season, some far worse than others. But now is not the time to hunker down. Now is not the time to, to turn inward. Friends, our hope is not just a, a little feeling in our hearts, but in fact, it's a conviction about the future. And that conviction of the future drives us to do something in the present. We need to roll up our sleeves to get to work for God's kingdom. Paul reminds us of this in Colossians chapter 3 when he writes these words, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Knowing that from the Lord you'll receive the inheritance as your reward. You're serving the Lord Christ. J. Kim continues the story of his mother. He says that when she turned 70 a couple of years ago, she had always wanted on her bucket list to go to Hawaii, and so Jay decided to take his mom to Hawaii. They got a hotel near Waikiki, and out their window they could see Diamond Head. And so Jay asked his mom if she would like to take the hike up to the top of Diamond Head with him. And immediately after asking her, he realized he may have he may have made a mistake because it's a 1.6 mile, fairly steep climb. And he thought maybe his mom wasn't going to make it. But of course she was excited. And so the next morning they headed up to Diamond Head. They began their journey up. And, and when they got about halfway there, she looked exhausted and Jay himself felt exhausted. So he turned to his mom and he said, would you like to go back down? Maybe we can go to the beach and get a couple of bowls of pokey. And his mom didn't say anything. She simply looked at her son and she rolled up her sleeves and on they went to the top and enjoyed the beautiful view from the top of Diamond Head. He goes on to say this. He says that 
Once we returned to the hotel for a rest, we used FaceTime to call my kids, her grandchildren. And he said, my mother beamed as she told her newborn grandson all about the adventures of that day, about conquering Diamond Head. He had been born just three months earlier and she was the one that gave him his Korean name, So Mong, which means hope, of course. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you today for the fact that you have given us a gift in this Advent season, the gift of hope. This hope that you've given us is not wishful thinking. It's based upon what has already happened and the promise of what will happen. Lord, I pray for each one of us that have endured this difficult time of virus that you would restore in our hearts that amazing hope, not only that you are with us in the present, but that you are drawing us forward to an amazing, wonderful, eternal life in you. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Friends, let's be dismissed with God's blessing. And again, just a reminder, we would love to have you join us with an Advent candle making that living room or study or wherever you join us for worship a sacred space. And now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us this day and forevermore. Amen.